Come on in, guys. Matt Hammond and Jared Sundin here for another episode of Talking Llama. And before we get into our season rankings for this episode, do have a little bit of some somber news to go over off the top here. Sunday Berquist from Millennials versus Gen X. She passed away over over this past weekend um, after she was diagnosed and later beat breast cancer. Um, she was then diagnosed in 2020 with terminal esophageal and ovarian cancer, and it was confirmed on one of her daughter's social media pages. And she always seemed like just a, a ray of sunshine, beacon of positivity. Couldn't find one person in the survivor world, fans, players, or otherwise, to have anything bad to say about her. She was just just a light. And being a Minnesota native, it you know hits a little closer to home for us, I think. Not that we we knew her or ever had a chance to meet her, but Minnesota is not super represented on the show. So it's always fun to see people from our home state make it. Um, so we are we're very saddened to hear the news. Um, the survivor world is better off for ha- for her having been a part of it. And our heartfelt condolences go out to, to her family and her loved ones. And there's really no good transition from that. Um, so we'll just we'll just go into it then. Um, well, I, I will oh. say um, we we will not be getting to talk about our season for a while here because um, it's one that we both liked a lot. And um, that I think is in part because of uh, the great cast that she was a part of, too. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's uh, looking forward to it now. Um, and yeah, I, I echo everything you said. All right, so moving on to the seasons. We're on our 25th best season, 2011 season 22, Redemption Island. Boston Rob finally gets his win. My 23rd, Jared's 24th, and I think the rankings kind of say it all. It's good, not great. I think a lot of your enjoyment of this season will come off of how much you like watching Boston Rob just run circles around these newbies you know i i think back it's not a perfect example but there's always the question every year of can alabama beat the jets or whoever the the worst team is in the nfl and this is like can alabama or even like can the gophers beat the chiefs is kind of what this one turns out to be and the answer is no not not without a little bit of luck and i i enjoy watching I mean, I, I like Boston Rob a lot as a player. Um, very fun, strategic player, his, the way he plays the game. And watching him just just dominate the game from that perspective, even though he was playing against people way beneath him in terms of ability, still fun to watch it happen. And that's why it gets as high as it is for me. Still not all that high. But I can see where those who have it a lot lower. I can't really argue with their points. I just enjoy the parts that they probably don't like as much. Yeah, um, I liked a lot of things about the season. I like Boston Rob too. Um, I 
would say that yeah the experience was just not really even fair um watching it on an episode by episode basis where you know he was he he recognizes certain trends that happen in the game he knows how to set himself up for success as the season goes on um a lot of people seem to not really be thinking that far out and um obviously it helped him to land on the tribe that he was not on not just uh not just with that cast um we saw how it worked out for Russell and, you know, Boston Rob could have seen a similar fate if, um, you know, the cards had been dealt a little differently there, but yeah, I, um, I was glad to see him get the win for sure. And um, it uh, kind of cemented his legacy in a way. Yeah. And, and the, the tribe alignment is always kind of the interesting talking point you know if you want to get into the survivor conspiracy theories there's there are those out there that think that it was predetermined what tribe he was going to be on somehow and because they wanted boston rob to win because it is such a stark contrast and not that i believe in that one bit but it is a stark contrast from tribe to tribe that the one boston rob got on was so just enamored with him i mean andrea who turns out to be a good player in her own right eventually after the first immunity challenge, she literally says, we let Rob down. Not we let the tribe down, not the tribe failed, as we let Rob down. And that's just the kind of hold he had on, on that tribe. Then you compare that to Russell's tribe. And everyone aside from Krista and Stephanie, were like, yeah, we need to get him out sooner rather than later. We'll hold on to him for a few votes, a few days, use his experience, and then, then he's gone. And there was really no arguing back and forth with the decision to oust Russell or the decision to keep Rob, you know, there, there were people who, who, who kind of fought against it a little bit, but not to the extent that the, that Russell's tribe did. And so it does kind of feed the feed, the fodder, if you will, that there was maybe something going on behind the scenes. I can see where someone might think that I just don't buy into any of that. Production it would be a lot to set up. Yeah, yeah. cuz you can set up the tribes that way if you want, but to, but then to nail it 100% the way you want it to that I I just don't really see that as as a viable thing that happened, but it it's one thing that gets mentioned fairly often when it comes to the season. Yeah. I I could see how people would think that, but it's just so when <laughs> yeah, when when you're leaving it up to you know 18 16 18 people to get one desired result in the end a lot has to go right so i'm with you i don't really see that being the case yeah and then um obviously this one had the redemption island the introduction of redemption island this season and kind of like the edge of extinction for winners at war it felt like a way i don't think anyone was shying away from this to give rob and russell the chances to hang around longer that they probably assumed that it would be early targets. And they were probably hoping for some fireworks at Redemption Island between the two of them. They might meet up there, you know, together and have, have a duel. I, I was thinking about this today. I was wondering if they maybe had special challenges reserved. So in case there was a Russell Rob showdown, that they would bring out something kind of a little more larger scale for those two. And the way that, Ozzy used Redemption Island to benefit himself in the game and how well the concept seemed to work on South Pacific. 
I think this one failed pretty horribly. Um, you know, trying to protect two guys and then one of them can't win a single challenge when he goes <laughs> to Redemption Island and they never meet there. But all in all, if you think about, you know, what if Russell and Rob had both been there, but at different times, never faced off and both left the game pre-merge or something, this season could have been just a dumpster fire. Yeah. And there were, there were some moments where it was very close to being that. I mean, at the final four immunity challenge, if Rob loses that, he he's gone. And what do you have an Ashley win? I think that's probably what it would have been. And I think she was the best of the other, the other three of with um, Natalie and Philip. But how uninspiring is that for a finish to see Boston Rob just dominate from day one, and then you see one of his little one of his little minions take take the win. I mean, I, I like Ashley, I like Natalie, I like Philip, I like them all just fine. But as a winner, that would have plummeted this season <laughs> yeah. in the rankings yeah um you know it's almost as bad as if someone from redemption island would have won but <laughs> it it honestly it wouldn't might not be that different <laughs> for, for for the end result at least it would probably drop for different reasons but the end result at least for me and sounds like for you too would uh would be pretty pretty similar i um, will say the redemption island thing was fun um giving us a glimpse into Boston Rob's just evil genius mind where, you know, he sends Matt there, Matt comes back, sends him right back. And um, really just in that way, Redemption Island showed you how hard Boston Rob was playing the game. Uh, It was fun to watch Matt's journey too, where he went on a streak and you're kind of starting to root for him and comes back in the game. And then, gets put back in his place and you realize who's in charge. So that was in that way. I will say that it was, it was pretty fun to watch. Um, could have been worse. And uh, yeah, other, other than that though, um, wasn't a huge fan of how Redemption Island worked out here. Yeah. The, the Matt thing, you beat me to the punch of bringing that up. It's just so brutally hilarious. I mean, he, he comes back, he's excited to have another chance, he's going to give give the tribe another shot, and then just gets sent right back. I don't have the clip lined up, but he has a quote um, when he gets sent back, and it's just, it's so sad, but it's kind <laughs> of funny. So this is Matt, um, after he's voted off again. I like these people. I want to be friends with them, <laughs> but they don't want to be friends with me, and apparently, I'm just not very good at this game of Survivor. We can't all be. And it's just like, oh man, your heart kind of breaks for him at that point. It's just, it's just brutal. He, I mean, he gets so defeated just mentally when it, on his time out there. And you can't, you do have to feel for him a little bit with going through Especially, what he did. Especially, yeah, he's just such a pure, innocent guy coming into yeah, it's, the it's season. It's not like he was super scheming. I mean, Rob targeted him at first because he congratulated the other team on their win, which, yeah, don't do that on Survivor. Don't do anything that's going to make you stand out in any sort of negative way. But he was, he was just a good guy. It's not, it's not like he was some scheming rival that was trying to undermine Rob or anything like that. It's just he saw the potential threat, and he had to get him gone. I remember David on the other tribe when Rob did that. He was, that's when 
he really was sold on Rob for the rest of the game too. And I think yep. he ended up making a speech in Rob's favor. At yeah. Which was kind tribal. of funny because I don't, I doubt that really had any, any effect on the vote. I don't think anyone was going to vote for Philip if that speech hadn't happened. No one was going to vote for Natalie under any circumstances. It's hey, a, whoa, Philip got Ralph's vote. Right. But that was probably set in stone. That's, that that's one of the set in stone. That's one of the funniest final tribal votes, I think, of all yeah. time. Phil with an E on the end. Maybe it was Philly. Still spelled wrong, but at least maybe phonetically, <laughs> that's what he's going for. Yeah, that vote was was something else. Um, but but yeah, I mean Rob, I mean he's the star of the season, except for our good buddy Philip. And watching this again, I felt bad for Philip. I really did because looking back, I'd forgotten how useless Ashley and Natalie were around camp and that's going to set anybody off. And then if you're already prone to maybe expressing that anger a little more, or if you've got a shorter fuse, I mean, they did nothing. And you know, Natalie was what 19 Ashley was early twenties. It's kind of par for the course for, for someone that young, especially for Natalie. Um, but I think Philip was kind of rightfully upset with them then probably didn't handle it exactly in the best way. But but he got a lot of crap, I think, unnecessarily. And I wish he'd gotten a better a better draw just on the whole experience because he seems like a good guy. And he got he got ragged on pretty hard. A lot of it he brought on himself. He's definitely very eccentric. He's talking about different spirits and talking to his ancestors and wearing the feather in his in his um little bandana, but, but still, I, I think they, they were a little harsh on him. All he wanted was a scoop of the crispy. That was it. one of the best quotes that, that whole, that whole rice thing. Again, it's, it's how much Rob has his hooks in people. Yeah. They save it for Rob. <laughs> it's too it's bad. In, if your name isn't Boston Rob, it's incredible. And never, never seen anything like that in, in the yeah. show before. I mean, he's, one, he's one the, thing the, I'll add buddy about. system. Oh, no, yep. go ahead. Yep. No, um, that too. One thing I was going to add about Philip though, is that he, uh, had his, I believe underwear stolen or no, it was his shirt, or his, 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 his swim trunks. Oh yeah. 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 So his swim trunks were stolen and buried on the beach too. And, um, it's like, that's, I mean, that's going too far. You've seen Sandra burn Russell's hat and, like it's there's a few things like that you've seen russell burn people's socks on the first day but it's like at a certain point it's just to be mean and that's it doesn't help anyone's game and i mean that's where i really started to feel bad for him um but i was curious where you kind of fall on the how much of it is a show and how much of it is philip I think I've, I've heard some interviews with him. I'm including recently again on, he was on the black voices and survivor, at least one or two of the the panels that Rob as a podcast did. And not, I was not going to pretend to know him at all, but you kind of get a little bit more of a feel for who he is. I think Philip is Philip. And when you're out there kind of stripped to the, to the bones of who you are and you're out there basically alone you know, everyone is alone in some sense on Survivor because you're with a bunch of strangers that your 
eccentricities, I guess, are going to maybe expose themselves more. Because he got he got so angry at some points. I don't know that he was doing that intentionally for the airtime. I think yeah. maybe some of the some of the quotes, some of the spiritual things he maybe hammed up a little bit because he thought to make a good confessional. But I think for the most part, Philip is Philip, and at the end of the day, that's what you're gonna get. Okay. Yeah. I think um at least the feather and, and some of the some of the things reminded me a lot of uh, coach 1.0 where, you know, it's like Philip saw this guy and liked a lot of what he did and tried to play it up in his own game. But it, it was, I mean, it, it was very different from coach two in a lot of ways. Um, so I would, I'd probably lean like 80, 20 um, for, you know, how much of it was himself and how much of it was, you know, putting on a, a little bit of a show, but um, one, one other thing I want to mention about Philip was uh, right before a challenge, Jeff asks which tattoo <laughs> Philip is bringing to the challenge, the lion or the gorilla. And Philip goes both. <laughs> Those are some great moments. The lion and the gorilla explanations. I think that's a, that's a moment where he realizes what he's got. Like, I think he believes 100% the mentality behind the tattoos, but then he realizes, Oh, this is going to be awesome to hear. Then he'll, he'll build it up a little bit more than maybe normally would have. Yep. Yep. But I think, uh, anything else to add on redemption Island before moving on to our second chance players for that season? No, I think that's good for me. Yeah. Well, let's, let's take a look at this cast for a second. All right. So if you want to review, I've got, I've got Matt, I think, It'd be fun to see him back, get a little redemption himself, though he's a semi-successful successful actor now, so I don't know if he would be up for that. I um, did not know that. He's on Riverdale, which I'm sure you tune into every week. Twice a week. I, I like to watch the, the episode <laughs> and then rerun it. So, sounds, sounds about right. I would say Grant. I think Grant would be fun to have again. Definitely Stephanie. Um she she definitely showed some acumen for the game and was just unfortunate ultimately that she got paired up with Russell that with the tribe she was on that just kind of said, Oh, yep, you're definitely a target. But she was she was feisty, she was smart, she was a little conniving. I think she'd be fun to have again. And I would say Natalie and Ashley. I think it's been long enough removed where they've grown up, they've matured. And to see them on a season where they can kind of take control of their own games a little bit, not in a, in a sense where Rob is just literally steering them from vote to vote and point to point in the game. I think it'd be fun to see how they, they would adapt and perform on a, on a second go round. Yeah, I could go definitely for Ashley of those two. Um, I think she had uh, like a little more decisiveness to her game. Um, yeah, it definitely showed up a little bit at near the end, kind of final six or so and on. Yeah, so that, that would be interesting to watch. Um, just looking at at this cast, I'm <laughs> realizing how young everyone on Rob's tribe was. Yep. And uh, that seems like it may have been a slightly intentional, but um, we'll move on. Yeah, I, I could go Stephanie again. Once Russell was out of the game, she was probably the one I was cheering for most on that tribe. So 
it'd be good to get her back. And then, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go Matt for sure. And, and that kind of revisits what you said about seeing people who now have prominent uh, roles or at least are, you know, celebrities in some sense, come back on the show and see how they play. So uh, kind of get the, the double whammy there in terms of a good story and someone who we've seen on TV and other places. Yep. All right. And then as far as the players who have already come back, anyone that you want to see again, or have these people kind of gotten their survivor experience done with in your mind? I want to see friends. I know there's, squad I know there's the one that we're, that we're for sure going to agree on and we can see, see back anytime. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I go three in a row for Francesqua in the, the first, the first vote. Um, oh, that would, I don't, I don't know whether I would laugh or just feel bad. It would hurt. Probably a little bit of both. It would hurt so good. I wonder if she came back, if the rest of the players would like take pity and be like, no, we can't do this to her again. Or if that they would, could be. That'd yep. be that'd be inter- interesting to see that dynamic. Yep. Uh, the one we are both going to agree on. I, I actually don't know if we're on the same the same train of thought here because i was gonna go andrea oh yeah okay yeah 100 percent. she is one of one of our favorite players each um she's awesome she she's fantastic she's played what three times she's played four has she i think it's three yeah i think it was this one um kara moen and then game changers changers. yep yep but yeah, no, love Andrea. We never say no to her. Then I guess the three in question then would be Boston, Rob, Russell, and Philip. Where do you stand on those three? I'm I'm good for all three. I don't need to. I think we're we're moving kind of into a different era, and um, you know they've already had so many moments, and I could, I'd be fine if they if their survivor careers were over at this point. But if you do want some extra Russell action, he is in a season of Australian Survivor. Season okay. three, the twenty eighteen season. He somehow makes it onto the champions tribe for the champions versus contenders. But yes, he is on there. Provides provides well, some good fireworks. Okay. Well, I might have to tune in. <laughs> if you can watch that, you might as well watch seasons one and two as well. So get on that, everyone. All right, on to the next season, our twenty fourth ranked season, two thousand six, season twelve. Panama or Exile Island, whatever the official name is, won by Aris Buskowskis. Aris B. Yes, we'll go with that because I don't want to butcher his name more than I just did right there. My 20th ranked season, Jared's 23rd. A uh, couple significant mo- or, um, aspects here. First appearance of Exile Island, and it split the, tri- the season into four tribes to start. What do you think about four starting tribes as a general idea? As long as you merge after about two episodes, I'm good with it, but really don't like it. Yeah. Four, four, four is too many. And then you get into what you had said, just said, where if you do a swap or switch down to three or two pretty soon, but, but then you're, you're jumbling up the story. You're, you're getting these alliances on day or weeks one and two, and then you're mixing them up. You're trying to follow the new relationships. It gets hard to follow or can get hard to follow from a story standpoint. And if you don't know who people are teamed up with or who's aligned with whom, whatever it might be, 
it becomes less interesting because you're just not really sure why people are voting with certain people. Um, but yeah, four and and you've you've got to then go to four different beaches. And with this island, with this season plus Exile Island, you either get very little of each tribe, or some just get cut out completely to focus on who's going to tribal or who's on exile. It, it's really hard from an editing standpoint, from, from a production standpoint, to I guess adequately or equally distribute the airtime. Not that they have to do it, you know, 25, 25, 25, 25 for the four tribes, but it, it just adds more problems than it than it's than it's worth, I'd say. But it's got my guy Terry, one of my first Survivor Man crushes, loved, loved him. Um, obviously Shane and the, the third reason why the season is, is quite, quite good or parts that are quite good is Suri Fields. Yes. You give me Suri, you give me Shane, you give me Terry. You got a great season based off of just that. Um, cause this, this season, I didn't really take anything away from a strategy standpoint. That was anything spectacular aside from Suri's three, two, one vote at the final six. And I mean, that's just damn impressive when someone can pull that kind of vote off. Um, just getting a, a plurality vote to, to get someone gone, no immunity idols in, in the mix, anything like that. But for the most part, it was kind of a boring season to some degree. I mean, Terry just going on an immunity rampage, after the merge to prevent yet another Pagongian was fun just to kind of see them having to kind of eat their own, if you will, eventually, but there are still enough of his tribe where they can kind of just pick off other people, but kind of an up and down season for me. Cause it was super fun watching those three, three characters, but I wasn't really super invested in really anybody else. The strategy wasn't great, but you, you give me, you give me Shane being Shane, Suri being Suri and Terry being Terry. And I, and I'm going to be in. Yeah, there was a couple other things that I want to mention. Uh, I think we have to mention Bruce. Uh, very, very unfortunate situation for uh, for old Bruce, unfortunately. And um, I, I remember as he is writhing in pain from constipation, uh, Courtney wanted to sing him a song. <laughs> And he just says something along the lines of stop or like, <laughs> don't. Oh, and Courtney. Then he has to be evacuated from the game and she rearranges his rock garden. And it's just a, that whole thing is just another disaster. But she um, was living on a different island. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, one of the, you said the three, two, one, three vote was impressive what sticks out to me the most is that that tribe went to tribal council the the older women tribe went to tribal council first and Suri at that point all anyone knew about her was that she was afraid of leaves and you know she was calling Tina on their tribe the lumberjack lady because she was such an outdoors expert and somehow she managed to pull off staying in the game and getting rid of apparently the only person on their team who knew how to survive alone. So I, that was, that was one of my favorite votes. Number one. Yeah, Suri is, 
is something else. And this is her first season and our first time talking about her. And it's going to be nothing but love the every time she comes up. She fans everywhere. I, I haven't met one person who says, ah, nah, Suri Fields, not for me. Not a fan of hers. I mean, it's just it's impossible. Yeah, she's she got up off the couch. What can you say? What can, she what can you say she did get up off the couch by the end of the season. She was catching fish. I mean, just a natural, just a survivor natural. Absolutely. I mean, at the social and strategic part, she, I mean, she was, she literally is a natural at just manipulating the game and the people around her. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Best player to never win. Was that a question or a statement? Yes. <laughs> but um, I'll I'm say t- question. Off the top of my head. I would say yes. I think so. I could see some people, depending on how you feel about Russell, I could okay. see that being an argument. I'd still put Suri over him. Um, who else has not won? Like Spencer has has been up there a couple times. Uh, like final, final four, final three, both times he played. Yeah, I put Suri above him. I think Amanda. That's another no. one. She seems to make it to the end a lot, but I I wouldn't say that's all her doing. I'd I'd piggyback on that. But I would say yes. I, I think she's probably the best player to ever win. I think so. You know, we can revisit that maybe later if we as you get to some of these later seasons as to who who doesn't win at the final tribals. But but yeah, I, I think it's I can't I can't see anybody overtaking that mantle. Um, but hopefully. She, She'll get to play again and actually win, but I don't know that she'll ever win. I don't think people would let her sniff the end in any sort yeah. of game these days. No, just easy first vote out. Um, you know, from what she can probably contribute physically at this point, and um, everyone just knows she's such a strategic threat that it's. I mean, you just can't have her around. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, one, I guess, one thing that. I will say about how this whole season played out in general was, you know, the main story seemed to be Terry and how far he would run like just by himself at the end of the game. And if he could Uh make it to the end and to me, it seemed anticlimactic and that ours was just kind of a, a default winner. Um, Once Terry was voted out, kind of like what we talked about with Boston Rob, if he would have not won, the immunity challenge and we would have been stuck with someone like an Ashley uh, as the winner at the end where, you know, like didn't, didn't do a ton, but just kind of neutral. And um, I guess one when it mattered and, and that was pretty much it. I'd agree with that. And kind of going off of that, this is one of the few instances where I'm actually still bitter about the final immunity challenge. That do you remember which what that one was? No, they're, you gotta they're balancing me. in there, so they're in like a little water setup and they're balancing on these blocks, I guess these floating blocks, and every so often they gotta move down to a a smaller spaced block or smaller block, smaller size block. And for a challenge like that, it's again, we talked about this last week with the edge of extinction. Survivor is not a fair game. And so that's just part of it. But for something like the final immunity challenge to be decided on something like balancing on a slippery wet thing that moves and it's very, I guess, um, 
deter your size is a huge factor in in how well you can perform with that challenge. So rather than just having them hang on to a buoy like in Palau or hang on to an idol like in Borneo, whatever it might be like that, this one added an extra piece that just seemed like a poor choice given the stakes that there's so much to chance, which is part of the game. I, and I get that, but it's not like a big physical challenge. Like they do um, like at in um, redemption Island, it's a huge maze with a puzzle at the end, but I don't know. I can see the arg- argument against it. Some people might com- completely disagree with me and I get that fine. Totally fine with that. But just for me, for being the final immunity, it just seemed like not quite the right type of challenge to use. Yeah, that's the that's maybe the one spot you want a fire making challenge at the end to, uh, you know, if you miss out on the on the uh, final immunity, at least you have a chance to work your way into the final three. But I, I'm I'm not hating on the fire making challenge. I think it's got its it's got its good benefits too, um, as long as you know it's coming. But yeah, it's um, especially when you're going up against a yoga instructor in a challenge <laughs> like that. Tough break for Terry, but here we are. Yeah, but such is life. All right, second chance for this season. Like Colleen in Borneo, this one's got a slam dunk, one hundred percent yes in Shane. Agreed. I mean, I mean he sh- he could have been on Heroes Villains. I was looking at the cast today. Not sure who we would have replaced. Randy, maybe, but that's a pretty stacked cast, top to bottom on the villain side. Um, should have been. I don't know how he didn't make the second chance vote for Cambodia. That that sh- is still shocking to me because every time you hear about oh who should get to play again, Shane. Shane comes up. Do you want to see Shane play again? Yes, I want to see Shane play again. I don't know how he missed that. So Shane's got to come back. And then I would say Bruce as well would come come back for me. And that would be it for me for a second chance for this for this season. I'm communicating with people not on this island. <laughs> Shane's my only one. I don't know who else I would pick. Um, yeah, it's kind of an uninspiring cast. Yeah, I mean... If very, you- <laughs> we talked about top heavy cast before. This is maybe the most top heavy. It's got three superstars and then a bunch of other people who were there. Yeah. If you, if you want to add anyone, you know, uh, there's definitely some explosiveness between Shane and Courtney that could be fun to revisit <laughs> again, but I, I don't need to see her for a second time. No, I don't think so. All right. And then moving on to the next season. We've got our 23rd best season, uh, 2014's season 29, San Juan del Sur, won by by Natalie Anderson. My 24th ranked season, Jared's 16th ranked. And this, of course, brings back the blood versus water twist that was first seen two seasons prior in season 27. And so even though it's the second iteration, first time we're talking about blood versus water, so let's get some general thoughts on that as a theme. Do you like the the blood versus water idea? Yeah. Is that enough? Care to <laughs> expand on that? <laughs> um, yes and no. That was um, that was literally going to be my exact does, answer. Does that make it better or worse? Yeah, I I like that you come in knowing someone. Um, and have kind of like a pre-made alliance. And I like the, I like the dynamic that that presents to uh, the other players in the game too. But 
um, obviously like it has a huge effect where, you know, if I'm, if I'm there playing with my brother and he gets voted out first on his tribe, then it's a huge help to me because people think that I don't have anyone left. And, you know, like if just by coincidence, you and your family member or loved one both make the merge, then you're both huge threats to really no fault of your, of your own. But, um, I I mean, it's still not a huge complaint. You can overcome that. Yeah. I'm kind of right in line with you on that. It's, it can be good or it can be a complete failure. I think this theme, maybe more than any other, strictly from a theme standpoint, could be is probably very much determined by the cast. And this, this cast, it's got some some great people. Obviously, Natalie and Jeremy are, are two. Kelly Wentworth, Keith, uh, some, some great, great moments from all of them. But the cast isn't one of my favorites. Um, and I don't know. It, it's hard, hard to just, I'm, I'm blanking on what words to use, which is a difficult thing to be going through when you're recording a podcast. It's all about, all about words. Um, so let me try to think, think out loud. Here, I'll talk some football. Loud. Yeah. Ooh, you, there we uh, go. Just, just, <laughs> but the, the blood versus water, like you were saying, it can make someone a target or, benefit them really through nothing that they've done. Um, but it, it gives a motivation too. So like Natalie sees Nadia get voted out first and she right from the get go kind of goes on the war path. She's got, she's got her mindset of, well, we're either gonna be the first or we're gonna be the last and might as well be both. And, and so, so that was, that was kind of a fun storyline to see. Um, but the, the one thing I think that they, they really overdid it with as in the, for the blood versus water theme was the one versus one reward challenges going up against your loved one. It was, it was very fun to start because you didn't know it was coming. You've got, I can't remember which way it went. If, if Jeremy or Val got picked first, but either way you send somebody out and then, Oh, you're also going up against your loved one on the other tribe for this. That was a really fun way to start. But then when all of the reward challenges early on are one V one, the rest of the tribe's not doing anything. It really, it's it saw diminishing returns very fast. Yeah, uh, to be honest, this is I've seen this season one time, um, and the one v one challenges were not something that stuck out to me. So that could, I guess, speak to your point that um, <laughs> at at a certain point they just weren't even memorable, or you know, I I didn't care to, I didn't care to remember that as like a main factor in what made the season good or bad, but yeah. Yeah. It's just in, in the challenges you want to see, you want to see the big kind of team relay type challenges and you can only do so much when it's one V one and they, they, they went on too long with it. I thought that there could have been another way to incorporate the, the loved one versus loved one aspect of it. You know, it could have been a group challenge, but it's in stages. You go up, you earn points by playing 1v1, whether it's uh, ring toss or whatever, swimming thing, whatever whatever it might be, and you just go up against your loved one for that. But to make it strictly that, it lost... I mean, challenges are, are a huge part of enjoyment, um, of 
of the season or specific episodes. And it really limited what they could do by doing, by relying so heavily on that, that format. Yeah. And I, I'd like with, you know, this being their second blood versus water season, maybe to see a little more foresight in that regard, but um, at least they're trying stuff. And we've, we've mentioned that where, you know, it's, as long as you're trying and, and you got an idea that could work in theory, um, you know, don't hesitate to break it out, but yeah, not something I would need to see again. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Like you said, I, I could take or leave it. Um, you know, it, cause it's so dependent on, on the cast. I mean, maybe even more so than, than other seasons, but I think they maybe waited long enough now where they could maybe bring it back. I think going two seasons later to the same kind of, because it's such a unique theme that they, there maybe should have been a little more time in between. I think they should have given it a couple years maybe. And if they, so if they brought it back 42, 43, somewhere in there, I'd, I'd be okay with it because you, we've seen it work really well once before on blood versus water on um, the first one. And then not as much on, on this one. Um, but like you said, take or leave won't really complain if they brought it back um if they do bring it back since they've done one season with returning players and their loved ones one season with all new which would you prefer to see them do if they did bring it back for a third time probably returners i i think that i think that worked a little better i mean maybe that's just because blood versus water one was better than two but that might not be the determining factor there i I could just be you know remembering it that way because of the cast but i i'd I'd say slight edge to returners i think i'd agree with that because i what i like about 27 and we won't get too much into that because i want still to come is that they were players who knew the general game strategy and then could apply that and twist it or adapt to this new dynamic of having your loved one in the game. And I actually thought, again, touch on this briefly, the Redemption Island idea probably worked as well in that season than in any other season, just with the option to take their place, that kind of thing. It adds another twist to how you you know see the game and 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 act in the game. But yeah, I think I'd, I'd lean towards... Um, returning players because then you pro- then you know probably a third of the cast at least is going to be be a win depending on who they bring back third or half and then any of their loved ones who are good characters that's just a, a plus as well yep yep couple a couple people to, to mention to single out here though the rise and fall of drew christie this guy was, was not too long for the game but he had some incredible moments. So I know you said you only watched the season once, but um, so I don't know how well you remember some of his antics or what what he did. So the, I remember course, the faces. I remember the faces. <laughs> um, so first, they they lost their flint, so they traded away. Um, I can't remember what it was. All basically all of their stuff aside from the bare essentials for another another flint, and then they found their flint the original flint later and drew tried to trade it back to to jeff for oh, i do remember for the fishing that. gear that they had to pass they passed on a reward 
and Jeff right, rightfully called them out. What am I going to do with a Flint? What, why, what am I getting out of, out of this deal? And, and he's like, and Drew said something like, yes, I had the balls to ask. It's like, this dude's awesome. And then, then there's the, where he decided to throw the challenge without securing votes beforehand. And then he gets voted out. You love to see that. I love when that happens. And he had the, he had the amazing quote um, where he's talking about how he's orchestrating the the challenge throw and the vote. And he goes, basically, I'm a badass. And I mean, at that's least, an, an iconic iconic survivor quote. Yeah, at least he had the balls to throw it. Exactly. Th- this is exactly why I would advocate to never throw a challenge. Because there's, you, there's, <laughs> there's probably very few reasons. In there's, there's the rare instance where... I can maybe get behind it, but the one where I wouldn't is when you do it on your own and don't make sure you've got a decent chance at getting the votes you need before doing it. But that, that guy, not a great player, great character. Um, he had some, some great, some great moments, but speaking of moments, um, another, another one to, to mention here is at the, Final Tribal reads Wicked Stepmother speech to Missy. I do remember that. Which I think is hilarious. Also probably went a step or two too far. And then you've got Baylor sitting there basically. I mean, I don't know how you keep it together even as well as she did. She was crying, but to keep it together as well as she did when this guy that you've known for a month and a half is just tearing into your mom. I mean that that's such an interesting situation for so many reasons aside from just being a hilarious speech to give that that moment will stand stand the test of time I think in survivor lore. Yeah, that is one part for sure that I do remember. Um you know, obviously not as iconic as the Suhawk speech, but uh <laughs> same same general tone of of just bitterness but like wittiness at the same time it, it was uh yeah i i do agree some of it was really unnecessary um but i was i was most impressed that he just had the whole thing memorized and you know he had to have been working on that for a long time well he's he's on broadway he he probably probably <laughs> right in his wheelhouse okay yep but um we can't really we haven't talked about Natalie too much. And I think her as a winner sometimes gets, gets lost a little bit because of, I guess, how slow or how, I guess, less well or ill received the season is. But she's a huge credit to it finishing on a high note. And for most seasons, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And, you know, granted, this one, at least for me, was maybe the last few episodes versus the entire post merge maybe but she had some some great plays i mean once jeremy got voted out she went on you know she had double revenge motivation with with nadia and then jeremy she intentionally messes up a vote split to get to vote alec out which is just a genius play she played it off perfectly because then also john is is thinking well if i can't if she can't even get a vote split right you know how can she even win this game and then she gets she gets John out. I mean, that was she played flawlessly at the end. So love to see the most deserving player win. Um, yeah, um, 
when I when I was watching this season, I remember John and Jacqueline pretty much running the show for for most of it, and I wasn't really invested in either one. And I was looking for someone to cheer for, and Natalie heated up at exactly the right time. Yep. And like, I, I just remember thinking when the season was over, like, what a it was such a clean game, and you know, like what a what a great player she was after watching that she doesn't really stick out you know but um i don't think there's much she could have done better no i think her end game was was maybe actually flawless i mean timing was so key there and when to take people out she timed everything perfectly and she knew the moves to make and when to make them it was it's it's an incredible finish for her that's for sure yeah definitely saved the ending of the season um and do do we know how many votes um Jacqueline got at Final Tribal? Yeah. Um, I think I, she got a couple. I didn't write it down, but I can um look it up real quick on the on yeah, here and get the uh, the final vote tally. Obviously she she's going to get John's vote, but it was yeah, it, it would be tough for me to vote for any anybody else with Natalie up there. Speaking of getting John's vote, it was five two one. So ba- Missy obviously got Baylor's vote. Yep. And then um, Reed also voted Jacqueline. And then Keith, Alec, Wes, Jeremy, and Josh all voted Natalie. I thought that Missy vote might have been Reed. <laughs> that would be a good twist. It would have been. Yeah. But, but but speaking of that, that I think is one of the one of the things that can make a blood versus water season a lot more interesting is if you're, if someone, if someone's loved one is already on the jury, do you use that guaranteed vote as a reason to vote that person off? Cause I can't see any circumstance where a loved one is voting for somebody else at final tribal. I don't care if it's your best friend or your, your sibling, husband, wife, child, whatever it is. If I'm, if I'm on a blood versus water season, I, I don't care what's happening. I'm voting for whoever I came out there with. Yeah, I, if you're not factoring that into your decision, I don't know what you're doing there. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, Missy and Jacqueline both ended up at Final Tribal with their loved one on the jury. And obviously, there's only so much you can do at a point, depending on your position in the game. I guess talking for, about Natalie here and what kind of influence you have on this, that, or the other thing. But I do wonder how, how much that came into play and maybe some discussions that we didn't see on the screen in terms of did they want to target them as soon as that happened just to get them off? Or do you – I guess the other thing is if they're both against you, then you know that's two votes you're not getting. Do you keep one one on the jury and one off the jury to try to mitigate the damage? There's, a, there's that factor too. Yeah, it's um... – I guess that's part of what makes this idea such a good idea in theory. Like there's, there's things that you wouldn't even think of when you're putting the cast together that will end up mattering at the end of the game, just like layers on layers of, you know, nuances. But um, yeah, I guess that, that also goes to what you said earlier, where like right now, after this much time has gone by, it might be cool to see another one. Yeah. I'd be for it. You know, I'm not, going to say it's one of my most desired 
themes to come back, but I, I definitely don't think I would groan or complain if, if they announced that it was, it was coming back sometime soon. As long as they have an edge of extinction with it. I'm, I'm kidding. That That's not something I should even be joking. About. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to joke about that around here. All right. Second chance players. Um, I've got a, I would say Wes. I'd say Wes can come back. Val, absolutely. Those are the probably the only two that I would say definitively yes. Then if if you said um, Reed and or Josh drew for the humor, I don't think I would argue. But for my actual, I want them back. I think Wes and and Val would be my two. Okay, I'd probably go. I'd probably go Reed and Val. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'll say. Reed and Val for me. Moving right along. I think we'll have time to fit in our last two seasons. Might be a little longer episode, but I think we'll we'll be good. Our 22nd best season, 2012's season 25, the Philippines. One of our bigger splits, tied with Borneo, I believe it was, for as our third biggest. Jared's 29th and my 11th. It'd be interesting to see where the discrepancy might come from. I know in our biggest one that we teased that's still to come, um, I can probably predict where the differences come there. But this one, this one will be interesting to to discuss here. Um, so this was the three returning players, Russell Swan, Jonathan Penner, and the Australian evacuee season of captains, if you will, of people who were medically evacuated. Um and we kind of touched on this in the South Pacific when it was coach and Ozzy, but we're not huge fans of the one returning player per tribe idea. And I don't think the three tribes versus two tribes does anything to change that. Or am I, am I, am I right there? You are correct. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to jump into it. I go for it. I don't like, Scoopin or Russell nearly enough to I wouldn't bring either of them back just based on maybe Russell for how he had to get evacuated but I mean Penner was really the only one that I would I would be excited to see again and um, when you bring back captains and I only like one of the three it kind of sets up the season to be a little bit of a dud especially if they're going to be focused on more than the other players Um, but also like being that I was watching this later than it aired, I had more information on one particular captain that kind of made it an uncomfortable watch and you just spend most of the season cheering against him. And, um, yeah, just, uh, just kind of a weird season for me. I, I didn't particularly like any of the cast um, other than, you know, like Denise, I thought she was great, but um, yeah. Curious to hear uh, why this is almost in your top 10. For me, obviously the, the whole scooping thing aged terribly to, to put it lightly. I, I really like how, how Russ was adamant about not being a leader and then just immediately goes into <laughs> the, the leadership role. And 
And Russ, he's just got such a zest for the game and for life that I don't think he's that great of a player, but you can't help but just kind of get pulled in by his just positive attitude and his view on life and everything. And I love, love, love Jonathan Penner. I I think I'd say yes to him for any season that they wanted to bring him back. Mm -hmm. He's one of the funniest and wittiest contestants that's ever been on the show. It's got Malcolm. Malcolm is a great, great character, pretty, pretty good player as well. And Denise is one of my favorite winners. What she had to go through going to literally every single tribal council. And I think she, she won one immunity. So aside from that, and obviously final tribal, she was vulnerable every single vote every three days could have been the end of her game and to persevere through that just stay strong get through all of it that's just super impressive and there's one quote that she had very early on that just kind of really speaks to her social and his personable skills where if you remember zane he's got a bunch of tattoos and Denise says in, in a confessional about Zane, talking about his tattoos and how she loves just kind of what they say about a person, how each one might have its own story. And she just says, if nothing else, I'm curious about his story. And that's just kind of the person where she's going to go through. She'll talk to you about whatever, whatever's going on in your life, in your head, whether it's game or otherwise. And she, and she I mean, she's a therapist, you know, being a sex therapist, not the same as depression or whatever it might be that some therapist would talk about, but the, the general idea of it's going to be the same and just bringing that mentality into the game. You know, that's, that's the kind of person that people want to be around on the Island, unless you're, unless you're Abby, of course, um, who really didn't like anybody it seemed like. Um, and, and that she was just a very easy and fun person to root for. And you, so you've got her and Malcolm and Penner that you're kind of rooting for the entire time. And to see people that you can get behind go so far that just seem to be good people as well. Not that you have to be a good person to be good at the game or fun in the game. I mean, look at Russell. He's great to watch in Samoa, but I wouldn't necessarily, from a personal standpoint, I wouldn't want to see him succeed necessarily. But just from an entertainment standpoint, he's way up there. But when you've got such a a tight player group at the top, especially a tight twosome like Denise and, and Malcolm at the top, just kind of taking the game themselves. It, it's just, it's fun to watch those kind of players do well. And Denise deserved the win. I thought, and to see her win the way she did um, was, was great. And for me also, there was really no, it's a very steady season. I think that's probably the, the best best single word to describe it. Aside from the scoop and casting, which is, like we said, aged poorly in the years since since it aired, from just the, the show in a vacuum of itself, for me, there were really no down moments. You know, it, 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 the highs definitely aren't as high as, you know, the, the top five, ten seasons, but there are really no dips. It kind of starts at a, at a pretty high level and just maintains it the entire time. You know, it's, it's got the Abby Maria getting in fights with everybody, which 
is both grating and fun to watch. You know, is it really a cultural difference? I don't think so. Um, I think it's just her having zero self-awareness, which is always fun to watch people go through that on the island when they just are getting slammed in the face with a reality check. Um, you got Penner yelling out Denise's name when he votes. Great <laughs> moment. Um, and you've got the loved ones participating in the challenge. I love when that happens. This is maybe we can get into a more extensive loved ones talk later on, but this is why I would bring a friend as my loved one or one of the reasons why, because if I wanted to win the challenge, I'd probably trust one of my friends more, but I, I love when the loved ones compete. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun when they're, when they're a part of it, you know, when we get to heroes, villains, you know, who knows when that could be. Um, it's got the single greatest loved ones moment of all time. One of, one of the true, and not just one of the greatest loved ones moments of all time. Honestly, one of my favorite things I've ever seen on this it's, show. It's this for it's the single greatest loved ones moment and one of the greatest yeah. moments in the show. It's it's absolutely incredible. And speaking of of good moments, I'll see where I've got this queued up. But you haven't talked about our, our guy Jeff Kent. Um both of us are are big, big baseball players, so it was kind of a thrill to see him um appear on the show was not expecting that one one bit and he was he was actually a pretty good player you know a lot of the the celebrities or athletes definitely vary in their game ability but he he was actually pretty good he had a vendetta against russell for for some reason or not russell penner he had a vendetta against penner um for 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 some reason which was which was fun to see play out um but he's got a a great final words as after he's voted out and i think i've got it queued up pretty good here you know what pisses me off because i think i've made about 60 million dollars playing baseball and i want this freaking million dollars in this game and it's not even a million bucks it's 600 grand by the time obama takes it i'm a game seven world series loser you know i played in the biggest games in the world and the worst games in the world but this just sucks <laughs> Get him back. Get him back. Oh, that's, I mean, it's, it's great. But pulling in, pulling in, pulling in his views on taxes. Oh, I mean, what more could you want? What it's a great sign off. The final words are kind of hit or miss. It's usually something very corny and cliched. And then he just goes for it. I, I love, I love that sign off. It's, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. And you, you saying um, that he was, you know, a pretty competent player. I think that's part of the athlete thing is are you just so hyper competitive that you can't just let the game pass you by you're gonna you're gonna be making moves and strategizing um kind of how you would you know at your profession so i would I'd definitely be in more favor of athletes uh coming on the show and <laughs> if if they share their views on taxes um <laughs> when they get voted off all the better Oh, that, that was great. And um, a couple, a couple last things for me that I liked. There were just a lot, kind of going off with the, the Denise story. There was, there was a good amount of storylines to follow that I enjoyed. So like Lisa Welchel, one of the finalists as well, star of the show Facts of Life. I don't know if you ever watched that on any nope. Tea Land or anything. I caught a few episodes here and there growing up. Um, but she, she kind of went on a journey of her own. Of you know, is she, 
is playing the game shrewdly or dishonestly is that going against herself is that okay I just kind of seeing her grapple with that and kind of go back and forth on that was was i thought was really compelling then on the flip side you had stupin who had zero awareness of how of how the other players viewed him in the game he was so confident and i love seeing players like that like i mentioned just with Abby maria i love seeing people have the complete wrong impression of how they're viewed in the game and then when it's just magnified at a final tribal like that i love it even more um i don't know it's just just a fun fun season good storylines i can you you can make the argument that there could be some other seasons that i might have 12 13 14 wherever that would go above it but like i said it's just kind of a, a steady a steady season for me that doesn't really dip and you know it's just kind of good from episode one through the finale i've got a few things in my notes there was i know one tribal in particular um they're just openly discussing like strategy and their thought process and jeff at one point said it was the most entertaining tribal (laughs) he's ever seen penner is is negotiating um and then you know, like there, there were some points like that. Um, but I think for me, it kind of came down to the end where this is, it's a common theme for me where I want it to be really strong down the stretch and, you know, like, yes, in the final, if you look at the final six, you do have Denise and Malcolm, but obviously to me, scoop and, I, I was cheering against him. Um, Lisa, you know, as a game player, wasn't super compelling to me. Abby Maria was really, really draining a lot of the <laughs> emotional enjoyment out of it. That, and then, that's an accurate word to use. Yeah. And then Carter, um, <laughs> not, not entirely sure what he contributed, but he's, you know, it's, it just, I would have liked a few or a couple more people to be even remotely cheering for in that last group. And I'm, I'm obviously thrilled that Denise ended up pulling it off. Yeah. And one of the things um, that I, that I value a lot in a season and this will I'm sure come up in our next season in a, in a, in a minute or two here is unlike scripted shows or movies, you don't have, the so much of the technical things to rely on there's no oh that script was really good or the direction was was exceptional anything like that um so it goes for me off a lot of of feeling when it's when a show season is over how do i feel inside about it and i just felt really good when this one was done and and that one obviously it's extremely subjective it's completely subjective when it comes to that but but you, I just feel good. You know, Denise is, is a lovable person. She deserved the win. You'd like to see someone like that be successful. And it just left you with a good feeling at the end. Yeah, and I think if I were to watch this again, which I probably will be doing pretty soon, I would, I think I will take more enjoyment out of it knowing that Scoopin doesn't end up winning the season because that was just kind of one of those weights that was hanging over it for me. And, yep, no, I, um, I can see that. Yeah, so open going in with an open mind second time through and um 
just listening to some of the points that you talked about, I could see myself liking it a lot more. Okay. And speaking of second time, we've got our second chance players for this season. I would go with Jeff Kent, obviously, as we discussed. I would say RC. I thought she she show, showed some flashes early on before Pete's Interesting de- word. devious devious plan there, um, which I actually really enjoy. And Pete as well is one that I would like to see come back. And I would actually say Artis as well. I, I enjoyed his, his time. I think he'd be fun <laughs> yeah. to see back. Yep. Yeah, I'm... I, I thought I was going to say RC is like a, a sneaky pick, but you beat me to it. Um, yeah, I would like to see her back. Uh, Kent for sure. And you, you'll take artists. I'll, I'll see if I can pull a different one out of here. Um, you know, I was just, I was just kind of advocating against this, but in terms of a story arc where you say that, she was kind of fighting her personal character with playing the game for the majority of the season. Um, seeing Lisa come back and, you know, wondering which path she would pick to go down her second time could be something worth watching. Yeah, that could be fun. Okay, that'll move us on to our last season for this week. And this is it, folks. The biggest split of the 40 seasons. And if you remember when we announced the seasons last week, you'll remember which one this is. 2005, season 10, Palau. Won by my guy, Tom Westman. This is my number nine season. And 22 spots down, Jared has it at 31. I'm not budging on this one either. That's fair. That's fair. This is this is all opinions. Um, so I think in the general public, you're probably more, you probably differ more than I do. So let's have you start off and, and tear this one down and see what I can come back with. It was boring. Is that, uh, no, more? Okay. So. Hey, hey that's <laughs> you. you can lead at that if you want. That's how I'll lead, but. I mean, yes, it was new to see one tribe just get completely torn apart. Um, the fire-making challenge between Bobby, John, and Stephanie was unprecedented. And outside of that, I mean, like, gameplay-wise, I didn't think there was a ton going on here. Like, it was just so clear-cut from the beginning who was going to win it. And, you know, I, there was chances for a lot of people in this game to make moves and, and turn the narrative around. But like, I just, I, I think they missed out on a lot of them and it, it turned out to be super predictable. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the stuff early on in the season, that we had never seen before as far as a whole tribe getting voted out aside from one person was just not, not as interesting to me as it might've been for some other people. So that is, is basically exactly what I thought was going to be the reasoning. And I obviously am on the other side. I loved 
loved seeing one tribe on equal footing, not like in Fiji where there was it was as unequal as it could be. One tribe just dominating from day one, just not letting up, literally not even having to merge because there is no tribe to merge with. They're just the tribe absorption of ultimately Stephanie into into the Kuror tribe. And oh my God, it was it was just so much fun to watch. And I I get what you're saying. Now, when you said it was predictable, did you know when going in who won the season? No. No. Okay. Just just curious. Um so so you so you basically knew you predicted Tom was gonna win. Yeah, early it just on. you could see how it was set up. I mean, he had like the what do you call it, the onion alliance going on where you just like you have your core three or four and like then you have a bigger alliance and and your tribe is dominating the other tribe it just you know i could just seen tom or ian winning it but um yeah tom tom did not shock me i will say yeah i mean he he was just so charismatic he got everyone to buy into whatever he was selling to the point of ian who I think would have had a chance to win at, at, at the end, giving up his spot in the final immunity challenge, just to, just to salvage their relationship and friendship. And he was, he was the clear cut, I think second best player on the season, you know, maybe third, if you want to put Stephanie above him, maybe, but I mean, they're on those buoys for, for hours. I think it was 12 hours at the end of it. And or yeah, eleven hours fifty five minutes, and then he then he gives him up, gives up his spot, on the condition that Tom takes Katie to the final tribal, and they don't even go to tribal; they just do it right there on the on the dock. And and that was that was just I don't know. I I get if someone calls it boring like you do, or someone says it's not interesting. I completely get that. And I, I've railed against kind of the, the post-merge pergonging as well. But when it's when it's on the flip side, I actually really enjoy it. Now, it wouldn't be fun to see every single season. But with the way the game's played now, you kind of can't see it. Because there's going to be swaps. There's going to be something that'll change the game up. Where even if the same tribe name wins every challenge or most of the challenges, it's going to be different players going to tribal council getting voted out it's not just one single tribe dominating from start to finish and so so that is a part of it as well is that you're seeing something that in the current construct of the game like literally can't happen just because of how they how they format it now obviously they could switch it up and do a quote-unquote peer season and not have any any swap or anything till the merge but just just seeing this happen and seeing them not even be able to win one challenge I mean, it's it's hilarious. It's unprecedented. It's it's su- it's super enjoyable. Now, Tom is a big reason why it works. If it had been someone much less likable or not a, not as fun loving, not as good in challenges, now that probably would have affected it. That it, it definitely benefits from having I, who I think was the best player, most deserving player, win. Um, but that, I mean, that's just kind of part of the package, and. I don't know. I, I really, really enjoy it. It was just, it's kind of watch there, just loving every minute of it, not being able to believe what you're seeing. 
while at the same time remembering, oh yeah, I watched this already. I know what happens, but you still can't believe that you're actually witnessing the literal decimation of another survivor tribe. I, I feel like I could watch this five times and like it less every time that I watched it. There's so a couple of things early on that I kind of liked um, were there's a guy named James on <laughs> Oolong who was like the leader in a sense of the tribe. And he would have these horrible ideas that like, you just knew, you just knew we're not going to work. Like as far as building the shelter, how to strategize <laughs> and challenges. Like he was the, was he like the Southern guy? Yep. The, the steel worker, I think. Yep. Yep. And, and it was so perfect that he was the leader of this tribe. <laughs> like you, that I, I did enjoy that part. I liked watching Angie as kind of the outcast of the tribe outlast a lot of other people like working her way into some alliances and fighting through the game. But after that, you know, especially post not even merge, but just post Stephanie joining Karor, um, it, you know, there, there wasn't much left for me. So um, yeah, obviously what sticks out is Ian giving up a potential spot in the final two, to resolve any personal issues that he might have had with Tom and Katie. Yeah, I, I don't know that you'd see that today. I mean, if the closest I can think of is is Ben in Winners at War, but that wasn't after 12 hours of a challenge. And at yeah. the time was the longest. I can't remember if it's been beaten. Maybe it has been, but at least at the time was the longest lasting challenge in the show. But two two last things, at least for me, to go over or talk about at least quick. Um, the one of the things, just a little little fun little nugget, is that at Tree Mail during the season, they have they kind of maybe unknowingly tease a couple future themes because it has the phrase "David beats Goliath, brains over brawn," and then so it's kind of fun to to watch that now, knowing that those are two future future themes, but. Can't talk about Palau without talking about that opening twist, which this, as much as I love this season, this is one of my least favorite things Survivor has ever done. And if you're not familiar, or don't remember, they had a what they love to call the schoolyard pick to determine the tribes. And they were tribes of nine, but there were 20 people meaning two would get left behind. And by left behind, in this case, it's not like token genes where they just get a free helicopter ride to the camp. It's they are full-on eliminated from the game. Thanks for playing. And I, I don't know, I can't understand the reasoning. As much as I hate Edge of Extinction, Redemption Island, the Outcast Twist, medallion of power someone can make an argument to me in favor of those and i can say you know what i disagree with literally everything you're saying but i can see where you're coming from i cannot see any argument for this twist that makes a lick of sense 
Yeah, it, it just it just doesn't track. It's this is completely unfair. I'd even call it uncalled for. I would be. I don't know that that I would ever watch the show again. If I <laughs> if I got on Survivor, and then didn't get picked for a tribe, and then that was just it. I'd I'd be I'd be furious. I don't even know how I'd react. Not as well as Jonathan and Wanda did. That's for sure. Yeah, you wonder how much like paperwork they had to fill out and just waivers and all this stuff to so, stuff with their with their jobs and families. Because at least I don't know if things worked differently back then, but now you'd be at Ponderosa. You know, you're you're not just going home. You're then stuck. I don't know about stuck. You're still essentially on vacation. But to go through all the all the hoops and and auditions and all of that to then just have your game ended like that. It yeah. it's indescribable how 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 dumb that was. I'm beyond glad they've never gone back to it. As far as I know, they've never even considered it again. And that's just a good thing. But Yep. Yep. Very unfortunate. Yeah, I, I the words or the phrases that I would use are waste of time and embarrassing. Yeah, so it's like you're just by bringing these two people out here, you don't know who they are ahead of time, obviously, but you're just wasting your wasting their time and embarrassing them. And it's, you know, like you said, there's really no logical reason we can see to even make that a part of the season. Yeah, I can't. I I would love to hear an argument for this twist just to see what. <laughs> How was it pitched in the conference room? Or, or even time. someone now who who watches that season for the first time and, and goes, I love that twist. That's awesome. I would love to hear an argument for it just just to see what, what points could be made in, in favor of it. I'd, I'd be fascinated to hear a legitimate pitch for it. Well, yeah. If anyone listening uh, has that as the case for them, please, please. We're all ears. We're all ears. All right, let's hit some second chance players quick. Um, for me, I've got three. Ian, Kobe, and Katie would be my three. I'll go Ian for sure. Um, you know, I'll I'll go with my guy James. I'll throw him <laughs> on the list, and then um, let's let's bring Wanda back too. I think she'd have a huge welcoming. I would also, hope so. Also because um, for any Rob has a podcast listeners, she was the inspiration for their song parody con- contest, the Wandoff. I don't, know if, I don't know if you're familiar with that mm, one at all, Jared. No. Oh. Um, so so the, there'd be a section of Survivor, the Survivor fan community that already loves her in in that sense. So there'd be some people who would be beyond thrilled to see her come back. And I can get on board with Wanda. I get on board with Wanda. All right. So that'll, that'll close it out for seasons 21 to 25. So another five coming your way next week. This one, I think this will end up being our longest episode yet. So we might, as we keep teasing and then never doing might be getting to the point where we will split these up. But again, We'll call it on the fly. Maybe for the f- top five or ten, we'll 
intensely break it down, maybe two episodes per or two seasons per episode. But um, just keep in mind that for the next couple of weeks, we may start with the plan of five and then and go down. But again, we'll, ju- we'll just take it as it comes. So for next week, on the schedule at least, will be season seven, Pearl Islands, season eight, All-Stars, season 15, China, season 32, Korong, and season fi- 35, Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers. Good mix of early, mid, and late seasons. Should be a good, good discussion, whatever comes up. And be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're there. And you can follow us on Twitter at, or at Llama Talk Pod, Instagram at Talking Llama Pod. Jared, anything else before we close out here? No, we're, we're getting into the good stuff, though. I am looking forward to every episode, but definitely the next few as we get to dive a little deeper into some of these seasons. Yeah, definitely some fun talking points. So be sure to check back next week and we'll see you then for another scoop of the crispy.